Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Being spied by the Rangers, hanging on to it, gets it to Taravainen, back to D'Angelo. D'Angelo takes a look, sends it to Svechnikov, back to D'Angelo. He shot the score! On the power play, net front presence, and the Canes have paradise by the goal line. A one nothing lead for Carolina's action here, late in the first period. Good point out there as well, Trip. It's always little things. Now the Canes, Aho busting in, sends it across the score! Seth Jarvis buries it! And Carolina jumps out 2 nothing. We're not going to worry about the fact they're aging me in dog years. A terrifying spinning shot, Aho with the follow-up, and he scores! Sorcery continues against the Rangers for Aho. And the Canes get their three-goal lead back. It's 4-1 Carolina. Uh, two quick shots from the Rangers. Now Aho will play it along the boards. Svechnikov pulls away from Fox. Svechnikov across. Shot put on. And Shesterkin with a save. Rebound. The score! Banked in off of Shesterkin below the goal line. Oh, that's the magic for Andre Svechnikov. Broken stick for the Rangers, but a great play by Brady Shea. Stepping into Barkley Goodrow. Uh, Niederreiter also reloading there at the end of his shift. Now Aho to Jarvis is in, and he'll score! Oh, what hand Seth Jarvis! And the Hurricanes take a 2-1 lead. One minute, two seconds into the third. Shove given by Rooney. And it goes back to the point. Shea tries to get through, but his stick breaks, and then on the rebound, they'll score! The captain stays on fire! Jordan Stahl hammers one from the tops of the circles, his 14th of the year. It's a two-goal cushion, 3-1 Carolina. Minute 50 to go here in the second period. Pass too far, Shea will get to it, not forward, Teravainen has it. Gains have numbers, Teravainen works his way in, shoots, he scores! Oh, what a play! Turbo time, Teravainen, a 3-1 lead for the Canes with a minute 41 left here in the second period. This team's gained momentum all season long, Abby, from the penalty kill. They did it again in the second period, carried that wave of momentum to their forecheck to take the lead in this one, along with the neutral zone turnovers. Now Jarvis has some space trying to work around Miller, leaves it for Aho, he scores! What a chop shot by Sebastian Aho through Shesterkin for one Carolina. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold. Presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. The Canes Corner Podcast is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. little preview edition before the Hurricanes and New York Rangers get going at PNC Arena on Wednesday night. It is Tuesday night, May, what is this, the 16th? I honestly don't know. Uh, and so as we're recording this, 
The Tampa Bay Lightning and Florida Panthers are underway. Uh, and the St. Louis Blues and Colorado Avalanche will start a little bit later on tonight. Just to, to give you an idea of when I'm recording this. 2-1 Tampa, I believe. Second period. Right now on the road in game one. Uh, look, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to give you a couple of things to think about regarding the series. We're going to talk to Linda Cohn from ESPN. Big Rangers fan, by the way, and a former goaltender. Uh, then we're going to talk about wagering on the playoffs, and it might be a little late uh, for some by the time you get this, although you can always bet series prices. Uh, Michael LaBoff of the Action Network is a friend of ours. Uh, he will join us. And then we'll talk to Brendan Smith of the Carolina Hurricanes, former Ranger, going up against his former team. Uh, so we're going to do all of those things. First, a reminder that we're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. No place like it. Sammy Hannon's crew do a great job. Siding, roofing, windows, entry doors, storm doors, all sorts of things. Make your home more beautiful on the outside, more energy efficient inside and outside. All right, so uh, Canes Rangers, remember they met in the bubble, bubble hockey, back in September of 2020. And the Hurricanes, who everybody was Oh, they're so nervous. We might not ever beat the Rangers again. They swept the Rangers out of the playoffs. That was a Sebastian Ajo experience. It's also uh, uh, gave us one of the great Ajo offensive highlights at the expense of now teammate Tony D'Angelo. But that was the end of the Henrik Lundqvist reign of terror over Carolina. If you remember in game one, Jacob Slavin scored about a minute in. And it just set the tone. And the Hurricanes were, I'm not saying they were never challenged in any game, but they were clearly the better team, much like I think they have been the better team this entire season series. Uh, Canes took the first game in January 6-3 on home ice. They lost the second game 2-0. You could argue that was the best Carolina played against the Rangers all year. In a 2-0 loss, Alexander Gorgiev stood on his head 44 saves. Then, the two meetings at Madison Square Garden, both in April, both separated by about two weeks, and the Hurricanes went to New York, uh, broke open a 1-1 tie after two. Uh, Seth Jarvis, Jordan Stahl scored. You actually heard both those goals in a 4-2 win, which set up... Uh, well, it didn't set it up because Carolina gave back those points, I guess, sort of, uh, with back-to-back losses against the Red Wings and uh, Colorado Avalanche, but then showed up on the penultimate day of the regular season, a penultimate game of the regular season, with a third-string goalie, Pyotr Kachetkov, and beat the Rangers 4-3, clinching the Metropolitan Division. Uh, in the 6-3 game, uh, again, Carolina was, bl- was a blowout, 5-1, uh, before the Rangers scored a couple of power play goals late. Uh, the Hurricanes were 2-for-2 two two on the power play. That was a Tony D'Angelo night. He had, I believe, a goal and two assists. He was the game's first star. Uh, then came, uh, a couple of months later, uh, the game in which uh, Gorgiev stood on his head. Uh, late power play goal by the Rangers, I believe. Chris Kreider gave him the one nothing lead. 
Actually, no, that wasn't a power play goal. It was just a, a late goal. Uh, I think second period late made it one nothing, And then I think Frank Vetrano scored into an empty net to, for the final margin. And the two games in New York, again, at the very end of the season, um, was 1-1 after two, Jarvis and Stahl score, and then uh, Kachetkov led the way as Auntie Ranta was uh, kind of banged up a little bit. Um, and the Hurricanes clinched the division, the Metropolitan Division. They had a 4-1 lead. They outscored the Rangers 3-1 in the second period uh, after a scoreless first. Uh, in the Over the course of the season, by the way, Antti Ranta, who is almost definitely going to start game one, I say that in that way because you never know what's going to happen. I mean, Antti could wake up Wednesday morning and not feel well. Um, he could uh, he could stub his toe, whatever. Uh, but Ranta did not play against the Rangers this year. Freddie Anderson played three of the four games, and then Kachetkov played the other. Uh, Igor Shesterkin for the Rangers, played in two of the four games and took two losses and was otherwise kind of pedestrian against Carolina this year, an 883 save percentage. Now, this guy is going to be the Vesna Trophy winner, best goalie, and he is a Hart Trophy finalist. So we all know what Shesterkin is about. And if you watched the Rangers-Penguin series in Game 7, Pittsburgh could have had six goals. Shesterkin made so many ridiculously good saves. He uh, really gave the Rangers a chance. Otherwise, we'd be dealing with the Pittsburgh Penguins and Sidney Crosby and Brock McGinn as opposed to the New York Rangers. Anyway, uh, over the course of the season, Sebastian Ajo had a great uh, record against the, against the Rangers. Three goals, four assists, seven points to lead all scorers. Uh, Vincent Trocek and Seth Jarvis uh, each had two goals and two assists for four points. Andrei Svechnikov, a goal and three assists for four points. Brady Shea, four assists against his former team. Tony D'Angelo, a goal and two assists. All those came in the first game when he was named the first star. Uh, he has been, uh, he was great in that first game, but he's been very good against the Rangers throughout. Uh, in the postseason so far, the Rangers have been excellent on the power play, but also not good on the penalty kill. Uh, they scored six power play goals in 19 tries in the seven-game series win over the Penguins, uh, 31.6%, but they were only 30%, uh, or rather 70% successful in killing off Pittsburgh power plays. Uh, so, I mean, the Hurricanes would like to play a five-on-five series, they don't want to get in the penalty box against the Rangers who have such a good power play. Uh, but it looks like Carolina might be able to have some success when they do get their opportunities. Uh, and remember, if you are the better team, and I think the Hurricanes are the better team here, the only thing you don't want to do is lose the special teams battle. You just don't lose it. Play them even. As it turns out, it was basically even against Boston. I mean, slight edge to the Bruins, but it was basically even. You just can't lose the special teams battle. If they can avoid losing it, they should be okay. On the seasons in in the playoffs, uh, Canes are 5 for 34 in the power play. It has not been good. Uh, Actually, it has gotten better, but it has not been as successful in terms of scoring. Uh, The penalty kill 
I mean, Boston's got a great power play against Carolina. Uh, 23 out of 29 killed for 79.3%, far below what Carolina's regular season record is. But again, Boston's got the antidote to Carolina's aggressive penalty kill in that they are so, so smart. Not that the Rangers aren't. I think Boston just kind of at a different level. Uh, So there you go in terms of stats. uh, Players to watch for the Rangers, obviously, Mika Zibanejad, uh, three goals, eight assists, and 11, uh, 11 points in the playoffs so far. Adam Fox has three goals and 10 points. Chris Kreider has five goals. He had four this year against Carolina, seven points in the playoffs. Andrew Kopp, what an addition he has been to the Rangers. Four goals, seven points. He had eight goals and 18 points in 16 games since coming over from Winnipeg. Uh, so uh, Artemi Panarin has seven points, including the game-winning goal in overtime in Game 7. Uh, this is a very deep, skilled, dangerous team. The Rangers can score. Um, one of the reasons, though, that I like Carolina in the series is that it's going to be a skating series. And the Rangers are... Um, I mean, I think it kind of plays into Carolina's the way they want to play, which is, I think, why Carolina was the better team basically every game they played this year. I mean, I think you could argue maybe the Rangers' two best games were the two in Madison Square Garden that Carolina both uh, both won. But I think Carolina was better than the Rangers in those games, too. I just think it was the best the Rangers had played. None of that matters, of course, though. Because when you get to the playoffs, all bets are off. Uh, And one of the things you'll hear me talk about with Linda Cohn uh, is that Carolina does bear this burden, and it's not always easy. I think they'll be through it because of the way they beat Boston. There is Steve Logan, old football coach from ECU, likes to say, always likes to say, there is a responsibility of winning. And that is and can be a burden. While Carolina's got a lot of playoff experience now, still a relatively young team, and they are new to this situation. They are new to being the favorites, and they are an overwhelming favorite over the Rangers in this series. So there is a responsibility and a burden of doing what you're supposed to do. And we'll see how it plays out. But I like Carolina in the series. I mean, I could tell you it's Carolina in five. Um, we'll see how the first couple of games go. I think I think Carolina's better. And I think they can impose their will on the Rangers more than the Rangers can, will do that to the Hurricanes. But again, none of it matters. It's 0-0 zero, zero when we start. And we start Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Quick schedule. Uh, and then we will get to Linda Cohn. She will lead us off. Canes will uh, host games one and two, Wednesday and Friday. Wednesday at seven, Friday at eight. I don't know why it's at eight. It just is, I guess, television. Then uh, game number three, games three and four in New York, Sunday afternoon at 3.30, Tuesday night at seven, game five back in Raleigh, if necessary. Thursday at 7, 
Uh, and then, actually, I don't think we have uh, time for that yet. I think they're TBDs. Thursday, Saturday, Monday is the ultimate schedule if we get to seven games. So, with that said, Linda Cohn from ESPN, noted Rangers fan and former goalie, joined us on the program. That theme is ESPN's hockey music. Big stories about that at the start of the hockey season because ESPN is back in the hockey business. Linda Cohn has never left the hockey business with ESPN. In the Crease, In the Crease podcast, ESPN, uh, NHL reporter, Sirius XM. She's everywhere. I listen to her all the time, whether she likes it or not. Linda Cohn uh, joins us. Uh, how are you? By the way, I thought you would be fourth on the Hurricanes goaltending depth chart if it got down to it yeah thank goodness former ranger great auntie ronta came through in flying colors so uh you guys are in good shape uh although i'm really i'm con- and by the way adam thanks for having me on in the lovely intro <laughs> but um you know a lot of people are asking me who do i like in this series and of course they know up they know i grew up a ranger fan and sure. still kind of wave the pom-poms at times but, I mean, if you had a healthy Freddie Anderson, uh, I would feel uh, less confident in the Rangers' chances, with all due respect to the goalies you do have, because he was a difference maker uh, this year. Yep. So, And he hasn't been back on the ice yet. So nope. that would be a concern yeah, for look, Carolina. And he played three times against the Rangers and was excellent in all three, all three starts. Ronta has not played against the Rangers the last time these two teams met. It was Pyotr Kachetkov, the Russian yes. uh, rookie who played, you know, down the stretch. Ronta did play the final game of the regular season to sort of get ready for the playoffs. Ronta's been really good in the playoffs, though. Uh, Nine twenty-seven save percentage. Uh, so he has been really good, especially when they have needed him early in those Boston mm-hmm. games. Uh, I thought Auntie Ronta was really good. What did you think of the Rangers? Let's start from the Rangers' point of view real quick. What did you think of their series with Pittsburgh? They sort of, I don't know if they caught a break or not, or a few breaks in terms of player personnel, but um, I think they were kind of lucky to survive that. Yeah, uh, uh, I'll be honest. They caught a break. When you don't have Sidney Crosby there and he comes back in Game 7 and he wasn't himself, obviously, with a reported concussion and he's got a history of concussions, you can just tell he wasn't Sid being Sid. And he was red hot before, you know, his collision with Jacob Truba. So that was a huge break. But, you know, this is the postseason and injuries do happen. And uh, the Rangers took advantage of that. It could have gone the other way with one of the Rangers star players, Mm -hmm. but this time it did not. Um, their resiliency is what, you know, impressed me the most, you know, they, as everybody knows, they were down in, uh, the last three games against Pittsburgh on their way to coming back from a three, one, uh, series deficit. That's never been happened before the Rangers for two or more goals in each of right. those three games came back to win the game. Um, so, but I have, a, but what scares me and the Rangers are well aware of this, they don't even need to tell them that is that the Carolina hurricanes are a team that that doesn't happen against like, <laughs> You can't come out of a hole against the Carolina Hurricanes. I don't have to tell your listeners about that, their incredible record regarding once they have a lead, you know, after the first period, after the second period, it is just total dominance. They just don't blow leads. I know the postseason is different, but that would be a big concern of mine uh, for the Rangers. But the Rangers, 
Adam are already ahead of schedule mm-hmm. uh, in their reboot. Um, you know, we knew there was a good chance they were going to make the playoffs. And Igor Shosturkin, see, that's the thing. They're goaltenders. Mm-hmm. I mentioned you guys not having Freddie Anderson. Um, Igor Shosturkin uh, will be the only reason why the Rangers could pull off an upset here. He played amazing in Game 7. I know he was shelled twice in Pittsburgh, but that's part of the maturing process for a young goaltender. And I'm sure the Carolina Hurricanes fans, even though they're a nice group, I'm sure they'll continue with the uh, Igor chant. <laughs> the Penguins fans, uh, perhaps, yeah. uh, uh, you know, do that because it can't hurt. It can only help them, they would think. But uh, Igor Shosturkin now knows how to handle that. And uh, we'll see how it goes. But, uh, man, this is going to, you know, if you thought their regular season matchups were close and tight and, you know, I, I just think the Rangers know what they're getting in Carolina. And, by the way, they know what they're getting in Ante Ranta. Again, I mentioned he was a former Ranger mm-hmm. uh, for multiple years, one of the most well-liked players. What a great guy. I don't have to tell you that, Adam. Uh, just a great human. But uh, most of these Rangers, uh, if Ranta has weaknesses, they know him. Sure. No, there's no question about it. Uh, and, frankly, like 25% of the Hurricanes roster are former Rangers, whether it's... Correct. Uh, we talked to Brendan Smith <laughs> yesterday, Jesper Foss, Brady Shea, uh, yes. Tony D'Angelo has had a great, great, great year. Great first round. Yeah, great year. Boy, is he going to get paid. Um, mm. You know, I mean, listen, he's polarizing. I get it. But if we're just talking about what he does on the ice, that has never changed. The guy was always a difference maker, always highly skilled. And, um, you know, he's going to have a big payday when, no matter how this season ends up for the Carolina Hurricanes. And, yeah. I'll tell you, that's going to be interesting because you know Ryan Reeves of the Rangers. <laughs> he's going to be looking to mix it up yeah, to get D'Angelo off the ice. That, so that that's the element of this series. Like Carolina just dealt with Boston, and I know Boston was trying to get under D'Angelo's skin, and it worked in game four. It didn't work. Right. It didn't work in game six, even though Carolina lost in Boston. Didn't work in game three. It worked in game four. The funny thing is that D'Angelo has been more uh, the – under control, settle everybody down guy over the yeah. <laughs> over the first round of the playoffs uh, than anybody would have expected. He tried to keep Vincent Trocek from uh, from losing it in Game Seven. I think if if Tony stays under control, uh, he is a he is such a much better player than anybody here thought he was going to be. Yeah, and I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, a, listen, I'm happy for it. You know, you just kind of root for guys to get second chances, mm-hmm. and kudos to the Hurricanes to give Tony D'Angelo that. Um, and he is thanking him with his play, yep. uh, not only during the regular season, which helped the Canes win the Metro, but of course here in the postseason so far. But this is a really big series for Carolina. If you, you know, when you look at it on a national scope. The Canes can't afford to lose a series to the Rangers. That would be a step back. They need only to push forward. They need to beat the Rangers. They need to get, you know, to it, it, at the very least the conference final. It's it's really true because of what they've been doing and how they've been building this group mm-hmm. over the past few years under uh, Rod Brindamore and company. Yeah, here's the way, because I, I, think, I think you're right, and here's the way I, I look at these things. To me, it's a, it's, it's a breakthrough as an organization when you are expected to win, and you know Vegas, and you pay attention to these two, the Hurricanes are a pretty substantial betting favorite in the series. Yep. I, I think it's a closer series than that, but the Hurricanes are a substantial favorite in that. 
Um, but when when you are expected to win and then win, so in other words, you're dealing with the pressure. To me, that is the sign of a rival. Uh, so I think you're right. I think the Hurricanes do need to win that series. And I think you're right about the Rangers and that they're ahead of schedule. What has been the bigger difference, biggest difference for them? Not Chris Kreider's 52 goals, which is just amazing. He's been right. awesome. Uh, but what what about the other players that have kind of, especially in the second half of the year, kind of emerged as guys the Rangers can count on? Yeah, I mean, congrats to Chris Jury, you know, the GM. He made some big, big, big time trades, getting postseason type players at the trading deadline. Andrew Kopp, to me, from Winnipeg, yep. has been that kind of guy. Boy, he had a great second half of the season, and he has uh, played big in the postseason, just like uh, Chris Jury knew he would. Uh, other guys like Tyler Mott, who is now kind of like getting involved got involved in the last couple of games against the Penguins, uh, Frank Vitrano. You know, these are the kind of pieces. You know, the Rangers are missing a really important guy who is great in the postseason, Barclay Goodrow. Right. They got him from the Lightning before the season began because of his success with the Lightning in the postseason. But he is hurt. Uh, people are forgetting about that. That's a big loss uh, for the Rangers. But, um, yeah, I mean, Drury got all the right pieces, but it's always going to come down to the big boys. And that means the guys that came through against Pittsburgh, Mika Zimbanejad, right at the top of my list, who did just that. And then Panarin, finally, as I'm tweeting out, <laughs> shoot the puck. My God, shoot the puck. He finally shot the puck, and he scored the game winner. And then, of course, as I mentioned earlier, Igor Shesterkin. He is going to have to play out of his mind to be Carolina because, as you know, Adam, Man, the Hurricanes can roll four lines, and everybody is lethal. Everybody can put the puck in the net. It's a scary group. Um, the key for the Canes, if you would ask me that, like what would be a, a big reason um, or a reason why they could fall to the Rangers, if they take too many penalties. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're always guilty of that. Uh, they're such a highly skilled team, but they take too many penalties. You can't put the Rangers on the power play. But the best thing to happen to Carolina – is that they went to seven games against the Boston Bruins, that they didn't destroy their first-round opponents. Mm -hmm. I really mean that. I, you know, that was scary for them at a couple of moments. I knew they already, already had – I knew they had the series. I knew they would figure it out. But I think that really helps the team, which is why – because Colorado, if you move to the West, and how they devoured Nashville without their with their goaltender, UC Soros, out. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, it wasn't even a fair fight. Um, I think for them, they have high expectations – the playoffs start for them right now against the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, that's, so a, th that's a great I'm glad series. For Carol yeah, and I'm glad for Carolina. They had a little bit of a scare because that's only going to help them realize how tough this is and remind them how tough it is. All right, look, I, I want to pick series with you, but one, one quick thing about uh, going to seven with Boston. I think Carolina had to overcome a little – Not a mental block is not the right thing, but Boston was the, was one of the teams that had ousted them. They'll have the same yeah. problem if it's if it ultimately comes down to them and Tampa, uh, if they get that far. Uh, but Boston was that, you know, that final hurdle uh, a couple of years, or not final, but uh, that won that hurdle that couple of years that they had to overcome. And I think there was a little bit of that uh, in play. We'll leave the Hurricanes Rangers series for last. So since you mentioned St. Louis, Colorado, yeah, who do you like? I like, well, I, full disclosure, before the postseason began, before the season began, I picked Colorado to win the Stanley Cup. I haven't, 
I did not do that in previous years when a lot of, uh, you know, people in our business were picking the avalanche. I, I didn't think so, but I thought this year they had their life lessons in their disappointments and postseasons past, especially last year. And so I picked Colorado to win the cup and Nathan McKinnon to be the Conn Smythe trophy winner, but up against St. Louis, <laughs> uh, house money, uh, still a big group there from the core group that won the cup in 2019, um Colorado's winning this series but it's going to go seven I just feel as I mentioned earlier you go from Nashville an undermanned bad goaltending team without UC Soros to a Colorado Avalanche uh, to a uh, St. Louis Blues team who's getting good goaltending from Jordan Bennington right now and so I think this is going to go seven but I like Colorado yeah I, I also think it's a long series I like the Blues the Blues are actually a more dangerous offensive team I think than yeah, Colorado. Yeah, they were when they won the cup. That's right. Just in- incredible. They what nine twenty goal scores. It just uh, just incredible. Linda Cohn is with us. Let's uh, the Battle of Alberta. Uh, who's who's still alive? Who's still alive when that series is over? Oh my goodness! If people, you know, casual sports fans, casual hockey fans here in the states, you have to understand. You have to stay up late. Mm-hmm. You have to watch every one of these games. This is going to be. It's just. It's going to check all the boxes for you. It'll have everything. And it has Connor McDavid. It does. And, um, you know, oh, my God, there's so many storylines here. The biggest is the rivalry. This was a tough series for me to pick. Uh, but I want to go with Connor McDavid. It's, I'm, being, I'm being selfish. <laughs> I just want to see more Connor McDavid uh, as long as I can have him in the postseason. So I'm actually picking the Oilers in six. I'm really hoping the 40-year-old Mike Smith and goal remains ageless. <laughs> Just don't give up a bad goal. Just stop the ones you're supposed to stop. And we need Leon Dreisaitl to be 100%. Yeah. I don't think he's 100% right now, which scares me. But I do love the addition of Evander Kane. And um, they have this, like, let's prove people wrong kind of mantra. But, man, Calgary can be so dangerous with the guys that can put the puck in the net, uh, led by an inspired Johnny Gaudreau was going uh, to get paid. This could be his last year in Calgary. <laughs> I remember when he was absolutely going to be traded in the offseason. I'm going to take the Flames, <laughs> uh, but it's also uh, Elias Lindholm, former Hurricane, uh, who I, nice. I have a soft spot for. All right, Battle of Florida. We have the Battle of Edmonton and the Battle of Florida, which I, in many ways just doesn't seem to fit. Uh, but these are two of the best teams in the sport in the Lightning, two-time defending champions, and the President's Trophy winner in the Florida Panthers. Who you got? Yeah, you know, I was watching Game 7 of the, with the Ranger game with my daughter. You know, back in the day, uh, my daughter and I would go to a lot of MSG, big playoff games. So we sat on the couch here in Southern California where I live now with her, and we were watching that, and, she, and I was telling her about the playoff matchups, and she's like, are you kidding? Like, Florida and Tampa have the two best <laughs> teams in the National Hockey League, and I go, yeah, pretty much, yep. uh, you know, except for Colorado. I was like, amazing. So um, so who do I like? I think it's the Panthers' time. Even though I picked the Lightning to beat Toronto in seven, and I was right on the mark with that, I did so because of the goaltender, because of Andre Vasilevsky. It's the only reason. But the Lightning are not going to have Braden Point. This guy is such a warrior. He tried to play through a multitude of injuries yeah. uh, in, in game seven, uh, the Lightning won for him. He's not going to be uh, available for the Lightning. And uh, I just think the Panthers, it, Jonathan Huberdeau and Alexander Barkov didn't even have great series in no. the first round. So Carter Verhage, uh carried them. 
I think it's going to come down to Sergei Bobrovsky. Can he change the narrative regarding his play in the past, in the postseason? I need Bob to be big <laughs> for Florida to win, but I'm going out on a limb and saying Florida in seven. All right. So far, uh, you and I are, are on opposite sides all three times. I'm going to take Tampa. <laughs> Everyone. Uh, all right. And uh, finally, Rangers in how many, Linda? I picked that. Adam, you know me oh so well. Uh, listen, I go with my heart here. What can I say? But I do say Rangers in seven, and I know that would mean winning in Raleigh. Uh, but, I again, um, I got a thing for goalies, and if it's going to happen, it's going to be because Igor Shesterkin, Shesterkin got him that way, even with the Igor chance. Um, I think it's going to be Rangers in seven. But you know what? I'm not going to be crying if they lose to this Carolina team because – you know what? If they lose this Carolina team, I mean, who wouldn't want to see this this team go all the way to the final? Yep. Uh, I, I certainly agree with that. Uh, and all goalies stick together. It's obvious. Linda Cohn, former goalie. Uh, I'm going to take Carolina in three. <laughs> Just like I knew you would. <laughs> uh, Linda Cohn, you're the best. I appreciate your time. I know you're going to enjoy this series. You're going to enjoy all of them. In the Crease, in the Crease podcast, Sirius XM, she's everywhere. Uh, and uh, hit her up on Twitter, Ed Linda Cohn. I thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Adam. Enjoy the hockey, everybody. We will. Take care. Linda Cohn. I love Linda Cohn. We differed on all four series. All four series we differed. Amazing. Uh, she's the best. All right, so now you're going to place a wager. You're thinking about, well, gold decided on uh, Tampa, St. Louis, Edmonton, and Carolina. Let me go the other way. Well, what's the best way to wager on the second round of the playoffs? We'll talk to Michael LaBeouf of the Action Network about that. NHL Conference semifinals start tonight. We will be in the state of Florida with the, uh, the All-Florida Series, which is awesome. Also, it is Colorado and St. Louis, which could set records for goals scored between those two teams, two of the best offensive teams in the sport. Uh, and it's all available for you to wager on, whether you use Action Network's uh, app or, although maybe not in the state of North Carolina, uh, or you uh, or you place uh, place wagers elsewhere. Uh, Michael LaBoff from the Action Network joins us, best Twitter handle in the business at the Big Lebowski. Uh, all right, we're going to start with the Hurricanes and the Rangers, which uh, the Hurricanes are the second biggest series favorite on the board behind Colorado. Um, it seems there's not a lot of value in betting uh, betting Carolina, but they were the better team than the Rangers in all four meetings. Uh, they only won three of them, but still, they were the better team four times this year. How are you looking at this series? Yeah, well, thanks for having me on again. And um, even after I was wrong about the Bruins and Hurricanes. It's all right. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, everything number you're going to look at is going to point to the Hurricanes winning the series. And if you look at what, what just happened over the last two weeks with the way the Rangers played and the way the Hurricanes played, if you watch those two series, the only similarity between Rangers, Penguins, and Bruins, Hurricanes was that they both won seven games. Outside of that, looked like two completely different sports. The um, the Rangers just were a mess at five on five. They didn't really even get the goaltending they needed until you know they they did in game one, which they lost, and then they got it again in game seven. But they just ended up catching every 
significant break in the series. Uh, and I'm not talking like on ice stuff. I'm talking more, you know, of, of course they went up against Louis Domingue for, right. for 16 out of 25 periods. They had Sidney Crosby. The, the Penguins were up 3-1 in the series, 2-0 in a game. Sidney Crosby gets knocked out. It's They lost Brian Dumoulin in game, uh, game yep. one. They lost R- Ricard Raquel in game one. So everything uh, in terms of ice breaks went, went the way of the, the Rangers, and they still were outplayed. Like, I think the final tally um, on natural stat tricks, high danger score, scoring chance uh, metric was something like 116 for the Penguins and 62 or so for yeah. the Rangers. Whatever it was, it was like a 50-point uh, gap. That just yeah. tells you that the, the Rangers were just running around that entire series. They caught a lot of breaks, and the goaltending just didn't hold up, hold up for Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, Louis Domingue could have sustained it. So with all that being said, like the Hurricanes should – win this series going away. The odds tell you that, right? Minus 190 right. in a second-round series against a team that finished six points behind you in the standings. That's wide. I think if you, I think there is a way to play the Hurricanes, right? You, you, if the Hurricanes win the series, they should win it going away. They should win it by more than one game. So, like, minus one and a half at plus 110, minus two and a half games, uh, I'm talking, you know, game spread in the series right. at plus 220. I think those actually have value – because if this series goes more than six games, the, the Hurricanes are in trouble because that means the Rangers are doing what they've been doing, you know, basically for most of the season and then in the first round, which is perhaps they're getting outplayed, whatever, however you want to say it, but then they're being opportunistic. Um, and I don't have as much faith that the Rangers can pull it off against a team like Carolina. Pittsburgh is a good five-on-five team. Carolina is one of the best five-on-five teams in the league. And the Rangers' penalty kill – excuse me, the, the Hurricanes' penalty kill – as you know, is you know the best one in the league during the regular season. Of course, in the re- your, your numbers will be a little inflated in the regular season because you're going up against you know the Buffalo Sabres power play, right. and then the next night you'll take on the Sharks or whatever. So you're going up against a good power play every night. So that number will come down, but it still should be um, much better than what the Penguins threw at the Rangers. The, the Rangers scored on 31.6% of their power plays in, in round one. Uh, so... I have faith that Carolina can, can nullify that edge. They won't be going up against Louis Domingue. They'll be going up against another backup. But, you know, I, I thought Antti Ranta was perhaps the MVP of that series against the Bruins. Um, I'm not sure what the, you know, the temperature is down, down right. where you are. But from an outsider perspective, I thought he was the most important player. And um, I know that's not revealing much because he's the goalie. But all this being said, then um, – the Rangers voodoo does seem like it's real. It's, there's something about this team that, that really is scary to me. So um, I, I would say the Hurricanes are, are the, the team that I would be closer to betting here. I, I like them on the series spread, but I'm still scared. I know you are. That That, that is Michael LaBeouf is joining us from the Action Network. I'm going to say that's your Islanders anxiety podcast <laughs> bleeding through. I totally understand it. Uh, I watched the Penguins-Rangers series intently and Pittsburgh was the better team. The goal that Domingue allowed in game six that the Rangers ultimately won the game on was, I mean, you can't. You can't be in the NHL and allow that goal that it came in a tie game in a playoff series uh, was was an absolute killer. Then the penalty that former Hurricane Brock McGinn had to take because he turned the puck over in overtime, and then I still don't know how the Panarin shot got through. There didn't seem to be any goal there. And the puck just sort of hyperspaced somehow 
uh, into the back of the net. I agree. I think the Hurricanes are the better team. Uh, if the series is decided at five on five where they would prefer it, uh, I think Carolina is in good shape. By the way, the MVP of this series was Jacob Slavin. Uh, Ronta was right there, uh, but and Jordan Stahl was right there. Those were probably their three best players uh, in this series. But the Rangers are obviously very dangerous. Let me go through mm-hmm. the other series real quick so we can get some uh, get some thoughts from you, Michael LaBeouf. Uh, well, let's start tonight in the Battle of Florida. Why do I like Tampa, even though Florida was the better team and maybe significantly so during the regular season? Like we just saw, we just saw what Tampa can do, right? The Leafs, the Leafs. I, I think a lot of people are giving too much credit to the Leafs for the way they played that series. Um, you know, the more I've been thinking about it and parsing through the numbers, sure, the numbers show that that was a coin flip, um, but it shouldn't have been. The, the, the Maple Leafs, on paper, with their top-heavy lineup and the fact that Kucherov, Braden Point, and Stamkos, they had down series. Like yeah. the, the Maple Leafs, the Maple Leafs people are like, oh, you know, they they. they they lost a coin flip. It should, this year is different because they played well. They could have dominated that series if they want. They went up one nothing. Why didn't you just win game two? You went up 2-1. Why didn't you just win game four, right? It's because the Lightning are just really, really good in big moments, and that's incredibly hard to quantify from a handicapping perspective because you look at their season-long numbers, they're not going to jump off the page at you like, like Florida's do. Right. So you almost need to just trash all that. You need to just say, look, I know, I know what the numbers say about Florida. I know this team is very good offensively. I know there's some flaws on defense, but you know, in a back and forth game in a back and forth series, you would bet that the Panthers come out ahead. Now, given that their opponent is a master at game planning for whoever they're playing against, think about the opponents that the Lightning have beaten in the past, um, you know, last postseason and this one. We'll, we'll scrap the bubble just because I think you know it's a little bit of an outlier. They they beat the Panthers, they beat the Hurricanes, they beat the Islanders, they beat the Canadians, and now they beat the Leafs. The Islanders and Canadians played a pretty similar game last year. But outside of that, like you're talking about very different styles of play right. and the, and the lightning were able to handle all of them. Uh, so I think actually, and, and this might sound a little counterintuitive, I think because of the Braden point injury, the fact that Tampa kind of paces itself, even in, in, in best of seven series, which is <laughs> incredible, incredible to say, but you, you go back to the Islanders series, they lost game one, they lost game one to the Leafs. Um, like this isn't, this is a team that doesn't have a problem kind of rope doping. Like I know you, you said that the hurricanes did that a little bit with the Bruins, yep. but like they have no problem just kind of sitting back, stalking the, the, the field and then making their move later in the, in the business end of the series. So while I think that Tampa, I, I like the betting value on Tampa basically across the board. I'm actually going to sit out game one. I think the Panthers, like their favorite point yep. that points out, I think the Panthers have uh, a pretty good chance to take the one nothing series lead here while, while Tampa Bay kind of downloads all the information. And then I actually like Tampa Bay on the series line kind of jumping back in because you'll get a great number. You'll get like, you know, three to one on, on Tampa Bay down one nothing. And even, you know, even if Tampa wins game one, if, if, if maybe Florida wins the next two, uh, my betting strategy here is basically I'm going to wait for Tampa to go down a game and then I'm going to bet them on the series line at a, at a good number because look, they're, they're, in all likelihood, they're either going to win the series, uh, you know, Florida will win the series go, like 4-1, or if this thing goes 6 or 7, you, you give a, a significant edge to the way the Lightning play. No question about it in my mind, too. I like the Tampa Bay Lightning to uh, to advance. I also like St. Louis. Am I nuts? No. I'm with you, man. I, 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 yeah, I bet St. Louis to win the Cup before the season. I bet them to win the last series, and uh, I'm going to bet them again. 
the way you beat the avalanche is you need to be opportunistic and you need to have an offense that is good at getting into quality scoring chances. You can't, what you can't do is you can't, when you, when you actually get the puck, which is really hard to do against the avalanche, you can't waste that possession on a low quality scoring chance. You can't waste that possession on not coming up with the shot angle. Right. And the blues are just so good at, at finding good pockets of ice and they have the finishers to, to, um, to finish off those chances and they also have the facilitators to set those finishers up, right? So what I like about this matchup is that Colorado, they, they might have the puck for 65% of the series. The Blues, when they get it, are going to be dangerous. And that's just all you need to do. I mean, we kind of saw it with the Rangers series, right? Like, if, if you can capitalize on the mistakes and the opportunities you're given, and you get the goaltending advantage, you're, you're going to be live no matter who the opponent is. This is hockey. We both know that we, mm-hmm. you know, we see the Senators beat – the Maple Leafs, we see the, the Sabres beat the Hurricanes. This stuff happens yep. all throughout the season, and it doesn't stop in the playoffs. The, the better team doesn't always technically win. Um, and goaltending, like Jordan Bennington, who was down all season, of course just turned right back into playoff Jordan Bennington <laughs> when he came back in for Billy Husso. Uh, so he gives them at least a wash in the goaltending department because Darcy Kemper was hurt in game three. It was an eye injury, and so he hasn't played in you know, 11 days or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you know if this matchup happened two weeks ago, I would say Kemper over Bennington is a, is a pretty significant edge, but that's basically a wash now. So if Bennington wins the goaltending battle, which is not an outlandish possibility, and the Blues' offense, which is incredibly deep, shows up, they have a, a very feasible path to success here. And the number is great. You know, three to one on the series yeah. line, plus one seventy-five in Game One. I'm, I'm on both of those. All right, final thing, and we have to be quick with Michael LaBeouf from the Action Network at the Big Lebowski on Twitter. It's the battle for Alberta, uh, Calgary. To me, one of the highest scoring teams, best one of the best goaltenders. Uh, I think they win both of those uh, battles uh, handily. If we were doing a tale of the tape, there is the Connor McDavid factor, but I'm not buying Edmonton. I'm just not. I think Calgary is better. I think they're better coached. Uh, and I see this series. I know it's you know it's one of those rivalry series, but I like Calgary. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Calgary is uh, the more likely side. I think from a betting perspective, I'll be passing on it. Uh, the big thing to me is Leon Draisaitl is hurt. Like yep. it's pretty, it's clear as day that he's he's not 100. percent So with Calgary swarming, kind of all five guys playing a role defensively and offensively. That's going to make life very difficult on McDavid. Of course, he's going to he's going to get his points and whatever. But if you could just limit it to just McDavid and not have to worry about Drysaddle as much, oh boy. Um, and I also think, like you said, the goaltending matchup here uh, is 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 fascinating because Markstrom is is not getting the credit that he deserved for the way he played against Dallas because Ottinger was so good, right? And Mike Smith uh, and Mike Smith was really really good against the Kings. However, I think. You know, he's, he's, he, we probably saw the best of him. We probably saw his best series of the playoffs, no matter how long Edmonton goes. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think Calgary is, is, uh, is interesting. I think, uh, if, if, like, similar to Tampa Bay, if they go down a game, um, I think that buying back in on the Flames is the way to go. Michael LaBeouf at the Big Lebowski on Twitter, Action Network. I appreciate your time. Enjoy the playoffs. I think you're going to be right across the board. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, hey, go Kings. Go Canes. You can tell, by the way, that LaBeouf is an Islanders fan and he's scarred by the Rangers, who did kind of get lucky against Pittsburgh in terms of a personnel, uh, from, a per- from a personnel 
standpoint. Now to a guy playing against his old team in the playoffs in a what should be a great series. Brendan Smith, defenseman, Carolina Hurricanes, uh, on a number of things, including, we'll get to Jacob Slavin, uh, somebody who he has now had a chance to see up close and personal. Saturday afternoon, early evening, the Hurricanes moved past the Boston Bruins with a 3-2 victory in Game 7 on home ice. Brendan Smith was part of that, and he joins us on the Adam Gold Show. Uh, All right, take me back to that on the bench to the last 20.5 seconds uh, and the scramble from your vantage point. uh, What was that like going through that? Yeah, I think uh, those 20 seconds, they feel like 20 minutes, really. Uh, it's um, You're kind of uh, – I wasn't on the ice, so I, I'm more of a cheerleader at that moment. But um, guys are guys are yelling from the bench because uh, it's a six-on-five and they've got an extra man and try to uh, make sure that we've got everything covered. But it's uh, it's kind of like your, your stomach's up in your throat and you're just you're, – you're praying that the guys make a block shot and get it out and, and they do the job. So you're you're yelling things from the bench. Do you think anybody on the ice can hear you? They do actually, which is wild because uh, it's it's hard to explain. But even with the noise from PNC, which was so loud, and uh, it, it's it's been my first experience uh, a playoff game at PNC, and it's incredible how great the fans are. Um, but you are so in tune to like your teammates voices and your, and obviously Roddy's voice and, yeah. and everything that you just, you, you don't even hear the fans and you're just, you're so in tune to the game. So you'll hear like everybody yell like backdoor, backdoor or, or a high slot. So you're kind of just yelling some, some, some things to guys. And uh, for whatever reason, you can, you can pick it up over 20,000 fans. It was, uh, it, it is. I remember being there for game three in 2019, the Hurricanes' first trip back to the playoffs in a, in a decade, and the noise just goes through you. You can feel it through your chest. Uh, it oh, is it's incredible, unbelievable. So, did anybody yell to Brady Shea? Just stay out there. Don't you don't need a stick. There's only 20 <laughs> seconds left. Yeah, uh, it did happen a little bit, but at the same time, it's kind of like you want um, a forward to to kind of pass a stick on to the D-man. Right. Because um, then it's just safer to have a D-man with a stick in front. Obviously, you saw what happened. Yes. Um, and then a forward can change and, and grab a stick. So uh, that was kind of a, a tough bounce. Uh, yes. But that's hockey. That's sports in general. And um, uh, those those that's kind of what happens. And, and everybody talks about hockey being the game of game of mistakes or, or errors, and that was, uh, that was one of them. Brendan Smith is joining us here on the Adam Gold Show. So I want to, if you could, I don't know, uh, you know, what kind of conversations you had in the handshake line. Uh, that's such a hotly contested series, and at times it looked a little, uh, you know, a little chippy and whatnot. That's fine because it's playoff hockey; it's supposed to be that way. But what's that? What's that like, especially for a guy uh, like Brad Marchand who g- can get under your skin? So what is it like going through that handshake line and shaking his hand and moving on? Well, see, see, I look at it as it's it's one of the coolest things in sports. I I I think that um, how hard you 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 end up kind of like 
tipping your hat to the opposing team for how hard that they work and, and they battle. So at that point, it's kind of just a recognition to both sides. Um, yeah, for sure. There, there's, there's instances where you're still, um, keeping the guy in check where you'll, you'll be like good series, whatever. Uh, but you know that maybe next year you're going to settle a score or whatever it is, you know, um, maybe that, that hit on Ranta, that, that, that might have to be settled <laughs> later on and stuff. But in, 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 at that moment, you kind of put it all behind you and, and, and you just kind of become a, a bigger man or, and it's just, it's been like that for a really long time. And you, you just tip your hat to, to each and every player. And I know you talk about Marshawn. I mean, he, that's that game where he, he teeters that line. He's yeah. one of the best in the league at doing that. He's also an elite player. So you, so you kind of just uh, tip your hat to, to, to the game that he plays and, and how fantastic he is. And um, you kind of push that other uh, rattiness behind till <laughs> the following season when you can take care of it. But uh, it's obviously incredible to be on our side, shaking hands. It's, it's, a, it's a lot easier because I've been on the opposite side and it's, 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 it's quite tough. Yeah, there, there's no question you'd rather be on the, uh, on the positive side of that handshake. The Hurricanes have now won uh, all six Game 7s since relocation, so uh, bring on a Game 7. Were you nervous before the game? <laughs> Uh, you're always got some jitters. Um, I've been lucky to be into, I was in two other game seven. So uh, I've kind of, I know what to expect. Um, I went into a double overtime, uh, which I ended up losing to Chicago, who ended up winning it all when I was with Detroit. Mm -hmm. um, and so like, I've, I've been there. Uh, so I've kind of had that feeling and I, I knew what to expect, but I still had jitters and being in the league for that long, I still had them. And I, I, it's. I think it's more difficult on 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 younger players that have never done it, like a Jarvis, and I thought he handled it well. But um, I think game sevens are very tricky, and 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 you don't know who's going to stand out and be that that X factor. And obviously, uh, Max Domi, he was, and it was it was just um, they they come into almost a coin flip. And watching the game last night with Pittsburgh in, in New York it looked like Pittsburgh had that wrapped up and then you come up mm. to hot goalie and then New York finds a way and that's what kind of they happened. So it was, it was great to have Maxi uh, step in and, and help us win that one. Yeah. Max Domi uh, picked a great time for a first two, for his first two career postseason goals. But I want to go to the guy who really made that play. Uh, and that's Jacob Slavin, that first pass <laughs> to Domi. Um, you know, it's funny because I had a chance to uh, sample the ESPN broadcast and they were talking about Jacob being such an underrated defensive player. Uh, and finally, Ray Ferraro with Between the Benches just went, he's just a great player. How do you sum up what you've seen, uh, especially being a teammate for the first time of Slavin, uh, what he does on a night-in, night-out basis? Yeah, I I knew uh, I knew Slavin was, was good. I didn't know he was this good. Um, and I think it's just because Carolina can be seen as a small market team and you don't get as many games to watch him. I, I've always known how great he was defensively. I mean, he's got one of the best sticks in the league. He, he, he's so positionally sound. The, the, the area that I didn't know is how gifted he is offensively. And that, that play, a little sauce pass into Max Domi, he makes the other play to Teravine. I think I think those plays that you don't normally see, and he gets all the credit defensively, but uh, I think he's underrated offensively as, as a defenseman. And uh, I think that's, 
it, it just it it shows you how great he is and, and well rounded his game is. And uh, yeah, we're we're lucky to have a player like that. For he, sure. well, he was tremendous. Uh, and you know, you guys had a you have a bunch of range former Rangers uh, yeah. going to take on. It's just it it's uh, it's great that it worked out that way. Um, Jesper, um, you, uh, Brady Shea, Tony D'Angelo, uh, can just sum up the opportunity to play your former team and eventually we'll go back to Madison Square Garden, although hopefully only twice. Um, just, yeah. what, what is, what are you anticipating from this series? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating, uh, a hard battle. I, we're, I know, and I'm, and I'm, I'm speaking for the other guys, but I know for myself is that I'm, I'm itching to get after this. I think there's a, a little bit of a bone to pick as well with, with the Rangers because of either the players have been traded or, or let go or not re-signed. So there's that extra oomph for us to, to want to settle that, that score. And, um, it's, it's, it's fun. It's going to be exciting. And, uh, I, like you said, it would be nice to just only go back there for two. But um, with the new, like with the parity in this league and them being a great team, we'll have to see how that goes. But uh, we want to make sure that we keep our, our foot on the pedal and keep coming. And, and we just wanted to play a little bit better on the road because uh, we weren't happy with how things went uh, against Boston, obviously. Uh, how much of that was in a way uh, – I mean, nerves is not the right word, but it, I mean – Game one, I thought you guys were, or actually game three in Boston, I thought you guys were really good until the shorthanded goal. And then um, in with a 2-1 lead late in the second period in game four, again, I thought you guys were the better team. Uh, can it just get away that quickly? Sometimes. Um, obviously, I actually I agree with you. I think you, you, you nailed it. I think we were on our stuff, especially in game three. Um, and a shorthanded goal like that, they hurt for sure. And you know what? More than anything, in playoffs, it does come, whether you want to say it or not, it comes down to special teams a lot because it is so hard to score five on five in the playoffs. Everything's so tight. You've done your research. You've done your um, all your studying. You know each player. You know what their tendencies are. So it's hard to score a five on five, and it does come down to special teams. And when you lose that battle – it becomes that much more difficult to win the game. So um, the, I would, I, I think looking back at those games, that was the area where we, we kind of let it get away from us. And we're coming against another opponent in the Rangers who have a very good power play and have a very good goalie. So if we can do our little things and make sure that we, we check with our feet and not with our sticks and, and stay out of the box, I think that will just ensure us to be on the right side of, uh, of the, each game, but um, yeah, you're right. I think you, I think you nailed it. But it does come down to those special teams, and if we can win that battle, we'll be fine. Same team that committed nine penalties in Game Four committed one. I, I don't remember which one it was, Brendan. I'm, ch- I'm trying to remember the Game Seven uh, <laughs> penalty. I don't remember. Don't, you don't have to bring it up. Uh, uh, I don't remember it either. <laughs> um, <laughs> is that is that because the game was called differently or? Uh, was this just we are not putting ourselves in that position? Uh, I would say maybe a little bit of both. Um, I think the games get called differently, especially in a game seven. Uh, you'll you'll notice that refs will put the whistle away a little bit more mm-hmm. due to the fact that they don't want to be the deciding factor. Which and I agree and I like that. But um, if there's like something that is obscene or whatever you normally call that but other than that they kind of put it away for game seven 
And uh, I've noticed that in, uh, in, in, in watching games and, and my three, three game sevens. But um, I think uh, for us, we, I mean, you can't argue nine penalties is way too much. Even six is too much. So that was on us and we have to, we have to do a better job of that. And, and, and that will get us that that will, that will be our downfall if we we find a way to keep getting penalties. So it, it's it's a talk in the room for sure, and uh, we'll continue to to make sure that we we take care of our careless sticks or whatever it is at the at the time, and then make sure that we play hard and and do the right things. I think my favorite part of Game uh, Seven was Tony D'Angelo calming Vincent, trying to calm Vincent Trocek down, uh, <laughs> which uh, like is sort of role reversal, but that was cool. Uh, final thing for Brendan Smith. Uh, Best dude on the current Rangers, uh, and one will be watching for you rubbing out along the wall. Uh, I was very tight with uh, Chris Kreider. Okay. Um, obviously a very elite player, but uh, if I get the chance, I'll for sure be uh, trying to take him out. So, uh, <laughs> Okay. That's, uh, that's uh, I mean, when you get to this stage, uh, you kind of put your friendships on hold. Well, there's no, there's no question. We saw it with Brady Shea and Jesper Faust in the bubble. Correct. Um, Correct. And I'm glad that those two guys get along because we didn't see Jesper uh, the rest of that series. And man, he is such a good player. Um, that that. By the way, uh, you're the captain, Jordan Stahl. Um, d- does does he does he have emotions? Does he get too? I mean, he's just constantly he, he at does. zero. He, he does. He. It's actually he's. Um... He's very stoic, um, and he's he's almost like a robot because he's, he just does everything right always. <laughs> um, it's annoying, so it's isn't kind it? Of, it can be yeah, exactly. Yeah. It can be a little frustrating when you just see uh, like a perfect human like him. But um, <laughs> when you need when you need the emotion, he'll bring it, and that's what I like. I mean, obviously, he's he's one of those guys that that shows by example, and that's that's an incredible quality. Um, and uh, I wouldn't say he's 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 the most vocal, but when he has to be, he is, and it's it's incredible because when he speaks, you listen, and that, that's it's a uh, I guess that's that's a leadership quality, CEO kind of quality, and uh, he's got it. So we're lucky to have uh, have a great captain like that. And, and to be honest, you don't win everything without a great captain. Um, so we're lucky to have a have a an amazing player and, and an amazing person as in Jordan. Uh, Brendan Smith, I appreciate your time, my friend. We'll uh, we'll talk to you throughout. Uh, good luck against the Rangers in Game One on Wednesday night. Thank you. So there you go, Canes Rangers. It all starts by the time you hear this later today, seven o'clock, PNC Arena should be off the hizzy. Can I say that? I just did. I apologize. Uh, Anyway, we're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. No place like it. You can follow the Canes Corner Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Give us a rating. Let us know what you think. And we're here after every Hurricanes game, and the playoffs are no different. So uh, morning after podcast number eight follows game one of the hurricanes and the rangers uh reiterate we'll go uh we'll go canes and six to wrap it up at madison square garden uh the other series i like the lightning in six games as well i like the st louis blues in game seven at colorado and i like the calgary flames to win that series in five over the edmonton oilers okay then 
until the Canes and Rangers get this thing going. I'm Adam. See you later. This has been the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can listen to this podcast at WRALsportsband.com or wherever you get your podcasts. At WakeMed MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about every day of the year. Primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk-in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org.